how did you approach Jim Morrison? He lived next door to a good friend of mine. I was only 18 years old. To go down the stairs and see who was playing the new Doors record, but I didn't know it was him. And uh, I peeked in the door and it was it was him. I was stoned enough to walk through the door and do a backband on his run. So <laughs> I had just learned how to do a backbend, and I wanted to show it off. <laughs> and I had a tiny little dress on, and he said, get it on. He oh, said, God, that's so sexy. Oh, my God. One, two, three, four. <laughs> hey, I'm MJ. And I'm Bree. Welcome to the Keeping It Casual podcast. I'm married. I'm a mom, so I get it. And Lord save me, because I am dating. We're more than just a sex-positive dating and relationship podcast. We want to share the perspectives on every kind of relationship while giving a voice to our listeners. Plus tons of tips to boss up your life. And sex life. Your Vegas girls are here for you. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. The lips, the teeth, the tip tits. of the tits. <laughs> Woo! All right. The tits. Good evening. We have a great guest lined up for you, but first, yes, we do. Big shout out to our newest sponsor, Rose Dolly Beauty, all organic cosmetics, woman-owned and operated. Go to Etsy.com/shop/RoseDollyBeauty and enter the code Keepers20 at checkout. I love that she's our newest sponsor. She's actually giving away a bundle this month to a lucky winner. So be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or we do our bonus giveaways once a month on Patreon at the $5 level. Also, you will be winning something extremely sexy from our sponsor, Like a Kitten. Their Valentine's Day box is available right now on likeakitten.com. Use that code KEEPERS20, get you 20% off. We'll tell you more about that later. And yes, we're giving away one of those boxes too. We just wanna, we wanna give it all to you once you live your sexiest life. But now, this week we have Rob Rock and roll royalty. She yes. is a New York Times best-selling author, a rock and roll historian, and the host of the podcast, Miss Pamela's Pajama Party. And I'm loving it. She's been lovers with Jimmy Page, Mick Jagger, Keith Moon, Jim Morrison. She is the world's most famous groupie. And my mentor. Please welcome Miss Pamela. Pamela DeBar. Hello, Angel Pies. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We wanted to get you on since like we started years ago but then like we only like to do interviews in person for the longest time but obviously yeah. you know the world is different now it's almost a whole year now isn't it i know so for our keepers just getting to know you and i mean i talk a little bit about some of my groupie past but what is a groupie someone who loves musicians because <laughs> they love the music and want to be around who makes it I mean, it's pretty basic you know it's become negative because people certainly in America are afraid of sex and they think it's only about sex to be a groupie which sometimes is part of it and sometimes not. I, I have a lot of friends in the industry, have decades, you know, that I don't sleep with. But I love the music. I want to be around them. I want to inspire them. I, you know, groupies are an inspiration. We're muses. I love the word muse. <laughs> People have really gotten to know you from your writing, New York Times bestseller. Can you please share some of your books that you've wrote? Oh, the first one I'm with the band, yes, was a big fat bestseller and it still continues to sell. All my books are in print, which is amazing. Second one was a sequel to I'm With The Band called Take Another Little Piece of My Heart, A Groupie Grows Up. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Rock Bottom, which is the only one that's not in, in book form. You can get it on Kindle. It's a real intense one about the 25 rock deaths, which is a very hard one to write. Then Let's Spend the Night Together, about 25 other groupies. Very interesting stories. Ooh, that. 
And then my last one, Let It Bleed, is about my writing workshops. Uh, it's How to Write a Rockin' Memoir. That yeah. is where I was published, and I'm just still yeah. so honored to have been in that book. Um, I will say this. Every time I go through a breakup, I read Let's Spend the Night Together again. Every breakup I've gone through. <laughs> oh. I'm, like, I'm like, if Pamela can get through this, I can too. <laughs> yeah, you can take another little piece of my heart. Oh, yeah, yes. duh. That's what I meant. <laughs> my breakup party. My breakup party. Oh, <laughs> your breakup party breakup book my breakup book yeah. there should be more breakup parties <laughs> there should be breakup parties <laughs> there was a lot of other stuff in it besides my breakup with michael but tons and tons of it so you know it's it's the next chapter of my life and yeah i'm working on two books now i can't talk about one of them but the other one i'm working on is my third memoir Ooh. Wow. Sex, God, and Rock and Roll. I know. I You talked about Sex, God, and Rock and Roll in one of the classes, and I just, I can't wait to devour that book. Um, but also, I don't know, you, you don't really advertise this much. You have your little novella, um, One Night Bands. Yeah, One Night Bands is available on Amazon. Once a month, I get about $18 from Japan. I know some people <laughs> buying there. <laughs> it all counts, girl. <laughs> I bought One Night Bands um, because uh, a good friend of mine who's in the Vegas writing workshop is featured in One Night Bands. You know, it, it's crazy because like when we interviewed Muses a few weeks ago, Link said that we all seem to find each other somehow anyway. And like, I listen to like Pamela's stories or even there's a girl who I met through Pamela who's a New York doll. And she came up in like in New York in the punk rock era. And just like her stories are fascinating. And I just get to live so many lives I didn't get to live myself. Karen, are you talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about Karen. And um, because of you ladies, and it's just so great. And so ugh, it just makes me so happy because like, I look at my groupie stories and I'm like, those guys aren't even popular anymore. But you got to sit on Jimmy Page's amp and watch Led Zeppelin. I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, many times. Yeah. Oh, my God. Friend, you know, I was their girlfriend of the moment. Sometimes <sighs> it lasted a few months, sometimes like with Waylon Jennings, I saw him off and on and Keith Moon for years. You know, whenever they would come to town and sometimes, you know, I'd get flown places and that was always really great. That that turned you into a super groupie when you got flown to other cities because then seeing the groupies in New York or Houston or whoever, wherever I was flown to because you were there with them. <laughs> oh, so you got, but you're like, but I got flown to the shows and they flew me in. That's some, you got some hot tricks up your sleeve, Miss Pamela. I know. Oh, there were tricks, honestly. <laughs> I was just living my life being who I was. And any man likes a woman around or anyone around who appreciate what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they want people who care about, you know, men especially, I think, although it's changing mm -hmm. a lot, but you know, they, they want to be revered for what they're doing, especially creative men. It is, it is a big thing in creative men. And I've realized as a creative person that dating creative men who are creative in the same ways that I am, it's bad. It ends up being very toxic because we're both <laughs> kind of after these same goals and we're all hold back on what I want to do to let them shine, hold back my star power, so to speak. And then you end up kind of regretting that at the same time and you, you resent them and then just everything becomes toxic altogether. <laughs> well, when I was, you know, doing what I was doing, and we're talking many years ago now, mm -hmm. there were no options, a few options. And, you yeah. know, luckily I, you know, met Zap so early on and got to have my own group, the GTOs, but that was rare, you know, yeah. for the most part, women, as far as music, 
when music, musicians, you know, recording, any of that stuff, just wasn't happening unless you were a solo artist like Joni Mitchell or something. I was definitely not that. <laughs> God bless her. But, uh, you know, no, I wanted to be in a rock and roll band. So yeah. I didn't even realize that was possible until Frank, we were dancing with the mothers and other bands in LA and Frank formed her label and he just invited us to be recording artists and was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> So he had us write our songs. He loved our stories. We would sit at his knee and tell him all our crazy Sunset Strip, Laurel Canyon stories, and he wanted to preserve it. One of his roles in life was to preserve things. Can you talk a little more about the GTOs? You guys were featured in Rolling Stone magazine, and this was launched by Frank Zappa. That's, that's super cool. Just something you're super proud of, just having that chance to be a rock star on the other side, you know? Oh, yeah. The bands would come to town and look us up. You know, we were notorious girls, and we were all <laughs> 18, 19, 20-year-olds, you know? So nice. you we were all just children, really. I mean, Jim Morrison was 22 when I was hanging out with him. <gasps> So we were babies, but it was still a fantastic thing to be able to do. And of course, now I just looked on uh, eBay because I always try to find my record. I, you know, I I like to have more than one. I have one right now. GTO's album, a sealed one was $500 yesterday. So, you know, they're, they're rare. It's a rare, rare thing. But Ahmed, I have a meeting with him Monday. He's going to re-release the album. He's going to do a GTO's coffee table book. (gasps) That's so cool. I'm so excited. And you also (laughs) were Frank Zappa. Zappa's uh, nanny, right? Well, his children's nanny. Yeah. <laughs> yes, nanny to his children. <laughs> I was Leonard Weasel's nanny. Off and on for years, too. Like, for the first couple of years, I was their nanny. And then I, I moved in with Don Johnson. He was who I was seeing at the time. And cool. uh, after that ended, Gail invited me back to be the nanny again. And then I would go do stuff, and then I'd come back and live in the guest house and be the nanny again. So it was a long-term thing. You know, one of the things I love is like, you're still such good friends with Don Johnson, even though the romance ended the way it ended. You're still such good friends with Michael. You're such good friends with so many of your exes. And I just think that speaks so highly of you as a human being. Well, you spend so much quality time with someone to negate that, even if it's a bad ending, you might need a tiny little break in between hanging out with them again. But if you don't do that, you negate so much of your life and that person you can't reflect with. Like Michael and I, my ex-husband, we were together 14 years. And that's a long time to spend with somebody and to throw it away. I would never have dreamed of it. Of course, we have our son anyway that kept us close. But Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have lost him for the world anyway. I'm friends with a few of my exes. Actually, I'm friends with the majority of my exes. There's two to speak of I don't talk to anymore for reasons of just massive deceit. And I remember telling my most recent ex, because he's like not friends with any of his exes. And I said, well, then there's a problem with than you if you can't remain friends with somebody you truly loved. I agree. It's always about some kind of jealousy or one-upmanship weird stuff. I don't know. I I don't understand. As often as I have been able to, I stay close with them. My long-term relationships, I'm close with all those people. Except Chris Hillman. His wife just hates me so much. Oh, <laughs> jealous. You know, there's always going to be, there's always going to be that new relationship that's just not having the ex, no matter how platonic or how cool you are. I met him when I was 16. Oh. I was 16. <laughs> I was there before she was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, too friends, much roots. You're still friends with your first boyfriend, Bobby Martini. I know you visit him when you come yes. out to Vegas. Yes, we have. 
<laughs> yes, you still, we are such tight pals. Oh my God. You know, to be able to reflect with someone 55 years ago, 56 years ago, in, in our case, it's just unbelievably cool. Brie talks a lot about her writing classes with you, and now everything's so much, so much more open to being online. People are really op more open to it than ever. And now that you can't have your big conferences all over the world, can you tell people a little bit about your writing courses, how they can join them? We write. Stephen King is a hero of mine. His advice about writing is to write. That's really all you can do if you want to be a writer. <laughs> People just worry and don't contemplate. You have to just write. So that's what we do. I give prompts up until now for 20, over 20 years. I've been teaching all over the country. And then I added Toronto and London. And uh, I'm supposed to go to Australia, but then the COVID came. But now I do it on Zoom. I have the international group, which all of my groups come together. To that's come very to that cool. Class. But I also started a new workshop. And it's every Thursday evening. And anyone can find me. I'm open on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to come to workshop, very reasonable during COVID. It's $35. And they can just Zoom with me and the other dolls who, you know, I've got several new dolls who now they all want to come to DollCon. You know, I do this gathering in Vegas. Yeah. Here, and uh, this is our third one coming up. And we're going to do it in October. And yes. Those new girls who are all over the country want to join us, which is just so exciting. We're here in Vegas, so we're definitely going to have to get together again, and I might have to join you. I look at it like I've never been uh, into writing like Bria's, is, but she's getting me more and more into thought. But I imagine it's energy with all the writers together really gets you everybody going. MJ because it's, yeah. a, it's a release. It's very cathartic. Whether you decide you want to publish it or anything, it's just good for you. You know, writing is good for us. I will say that Pamela has a knack of getting a story out of you you didn't even know you had inside you. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was one time we sat down to write and I wrote about something that I had just completely blocked from my memory because she has a way of making you just open up your mind, don't think, just write. Yeah. That's that's don't one of her rules. Don't think is the big secret. Yeah, no thinking. Yeah. Don't think, just, just write. Hand your paper or your fingers to keyboard and let it come out. Oh. People are almost always stunned about what comes out because they, like Bree said, she didn't even know it was going to come out of her, you know? <laughs> we really want people to just do something different or we want to inspire people to like step out of their daily routine or maybe they're feeling blocked emotionally. Maybe they're just stressed out. I mean, I feel like something like this could be, like you said, cathartic. Get in a room with all those that energy, even if it's on Zoom. Yeah. You'd be surprised what could happen. Absolutely. I've heard some of the stuff Bree's read me some of her stuff and it's just absolutely beautiful and funny or sad it's just really She's incredible loose. she loosens she loosens loosens up yeah she is podcast too i've got to make sure and get that in here oh yes please tell us yeah, i yes. was just listening well it's, it's pamela Jer but can i say my name pajama <laughs> party up until the virus i was having people come to my house on the couch and we're a couple of times i've had people wear their pajamas i often do and it's just I like a that. comfortable chat it's just cool you know i've had a lot of my old friends on you even had moon zappa huh uh moon zappa yeah of course Dear, I've known her her entire life. I just interviewed recently Luke Spiller from The Struts, my favorite young, <gasps> incredibly hot. Oh my God. Oh, I love The Struts. Oh. I was young, man. Nothing could have kept me 
from him. I had my sights on someone, and I would figure out a way early on, part of the scene, and you could just meet them easily. But early on, I, Mick Jagger was number one on my list, you know. Girl. What <laughs> what days do you release your podcast? Thursdays, just once a month. I've got probably 18 of them now. Cool. I have Alice Cooper that was so much fun reminiscing <gasps> on him, too, for over 50 years. And we had such a laugh. And my most recent one, I think it just came up, was with uh, Alex Winter. He produced and directed the new Zappa documentary, which is incredible. That's so, awesome. Very interesting people on my podcast, for sure. Well, I know we're going to have some yeah. listeners jump on that, for sure. <laughs> Every platform, all over the place. I noticed you guys do ads. I would like to do some ads. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I heard you do a sexy one on your show, and I know oh, just Adam who it is. Eve. Yeah, Adam and Eve. I <laughs> talked about the plaster cast molds they have because of my friends. I heard that, Cynthia. Does the plaster casting, yeah. Does Adam and Eve use Cynthia plaster casters molds? No, no. They, oh. no they make a mold of your boyfriend or whatever, yeah. Oh, okay. In my head, I was like, so I could have Jimi oh, Hendrix's yeah. dick? Well, she, she sells those. But Jimi Hendrix's dick for, I think it's a couple thousand dollars. She sells those. Very limited edition. <laughs> oh, well, like, well, all of her eyes went to the side. We're like, I could spend a thousand dollars for some Jimi Hendrix's dick. <laughs> what are you doing in there, honey? Nothing! <laughs> I I think my husband could deal with, like, a boy, you know, the vibrators. But he's like, you have Jimi Hendrix's dick in here. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> I've had, you would imagine. Well, I've had a kind of an obsession with Jimi Hendrix's dick since your documentary of Let's Spend the Night Together. When you oh. had the, when oh. I just got to see the yeah. holding of the mold yeah, of it, to, I was like. I got to hold it. Yes. The hold of the mold? <laughs> the hold of the mold. <laughs> Yeah. Now, was it a two-hander or like a one-hander? You can't get your hand around it. You cannot get, you your, cannot hand get your hand around it. <laughs> Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> this is the stuff we want. So, MJ, do you and Chris have any special Valentine's Day plans? Actually, we decided to spend the night in with the new Like a Kitten Valentine's Day couples box. Well, Cupid is the mythological god of desire, affection, and erotic love. So I'm happy your night will be more than flowers or an overpriced dinner. Oh, and I'm going to make myself some dessert with him because I got chocolate body paint out of the box, too. And strawberry lube. Yum. There's also a 10-speed heart-shaped vibrator with the C-ring, which provides some vibes for me and my man. Don't forget about that satin robe or pink baby doll lingerie. You get your choice of one. I know. When I saw that pink lingerie, I was like, ooh, let me just drip in that, okay? <laughs> That's how I felt about that satin robe. I was like, I need that to match my pillowcase. If you want a chance to win this box, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or join our Patreon at the $5 level because somebody's getting hooked up this month. And if you can't wait to get your hands on a special treat, go to likeakitten.com and use code KEEPERS20 at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase. And now back to the show. I also have a column. Please read oh, my yes. column. Please kill me.com. It's the punk Bible. Please kill me is a book. Yep. Okay. Bible yeah. written by Legs McNeil. It's all about many of the things that take place and I'm with the band, but in much more detail. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of reflection on how I, in the world, I got through some of it. There's one about Beef Art and Zappa as my mentors. There's a whole thing on Altamont. I'm about to write one on Mercy. My dear Mercy GTO passed on. And I have every week I think, oh, I can, I can do that this week. But it's just, 
it's hard. hard. But I, I mean, imagine. I'm also writing the forward to her book that's coming out in uh, June. Oh, that's exciting. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm joining in. I'm joining the dolls, okay? I'm joining <laughs> the dolls. I'm getting in a writing class. I think I could use something like that. Not I've something I would usually do. I've been telling her for years. Like, know, I'm like, you has. should come to a writing class with me. <laughs> so easy. I mean, it's just such a, it's like a party. It's a writing party is what it is. Also groupie therapy. It's a combination. It is groupie therapy. I, I mean, you know, we, we all come together and we're all just such strong, beautiful women. And they all just have such amazing voices. And you just hear all these it's different stories. And it's just stories. It's not just about your work because you get to hear these amazing person it's all memoir related mostly so you you get to hear these ridiculously outrageous stories of the things people have lived through lived to tell you know so it's part of part of the joy of it is for me God, i just get to sit and listen to it all storytelling i bet so we're ready to get into some getting to know you's are okay. you ready to flow with us yes <laughs> okay i know you kept like all your journals from the 60s and 70s and everything what inspired you to, to go back through it and be like i'm gonna tell my story in a book and write it all out First, my mom got me it for Christmas when I was like nine, and I was obliged to write in it. It was the kind of the little key and everything. So mm -hmm. I started writing it, and I realized pretty early on that, you know, it was like having a friend that I could confide in. As the diary became a journal, I carried it around with me to these really important events I went to. It was always in my purse at a concert, at a party. Whatever. I would go off into the bathroom and say, oh, Jimmy just said this, make his hair, whatever it was. And it's very immediate. <laughs> so I used a lot of those quotes in the book. So it really feels immediate to the reader, I think. I got to live a life I never could have lived without reading your stuff. So, Well, these guys are just icons. And, and yes. so many of them passed away early. You know, a lot of my friends are gone, you know, but I mean, Mick keeps carrying on, which is so cool. Jimmy Page, these people are pushing 80. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just going to melt. Every time you say Jimmy Page, I'm just going to go, oh, because I'm like the biggest monster Led Zeppelin fan. I mean, oh. I've, I fell for a classic. My dad always listened, but when I was in high school, everybody was listening to what they were and I wanted to be like, I'm going to do different. So I really fell for a classic rock in high school and it just always gives me that young and free vibe. Uh, you know, either whether you live for it or whatever, you just found it. It gives me that. Oh. We threw a karaoke party for my birthday, a socially distant <laughs> karaoke party, um, and my friend Sylvia and I sang, started singing Dazed and Confused, and then yeah. you see MJ in the house run out, and she starts going, whoa! <laughs> Yeah, it was one of my favorites. So do you have, I'm sure there's some songs that you've mused. Can you share some of those? You know, uh, Robert said that going to California had a lot to do with me and Michelle Overman, who is uh, oh. a girl he was seeing at the time. And another girl or two, because there were so many California girls, they would stay in LA and their wives thought they were in Boise. You know, they, they, <laughs> they would home in LA and fly to all the other cities to do the gigs so we got very close with them even after jimmy and i broke up you know robert would send a car for me to the gigs because we became such good friends and uh, so he said that and you know certainly my husband and my last boyfriend mike stinson's written several songs about me hillman wrote a song called the one that got away about me but oh there are probably more i think there are more that i'm not aware of I hope. Oh my gosh! All like <laughs> had that kind of, have that kind of power over these rock stars. I mean, uh, I never thought of it like that. That's for sure. 
It is. You know, when I, I do rock and roll tours when there's no COVID, I've been doing those for about a dozen years too. And I take people all around LA to all the places where I did all this stuff, where Frank Zappa's house was, where Jim Morrison's house was, all, all that. Inevitably, someone asked me the size of someone's penis. And I just say, no, I don't. Yeah. yeah and usually it's a guy who wants to know. <laughs> That we can all find the mold for Jimi Hendrix, and that's what we get, ladies. That's all we're gonna get. She can point <laughs> us to that direction. <laughs> so, because you just know so much about how to approach the unapproachable man, what tips would you give to somebody who's just kind of nervous and like wants to approach somebody who's like really hot, not necessarily a rock star, but somebody who's a rock star to them? Like, what tips would you give to a girl right now and said, This is how you approach a guy? Do you have to have self-love to do that you have to have self-confidence which stems from self-love you have to care about yourself jesus who is you know the ultimate rock god to me he yes. said love your neighbor as yourself people forget the yourself part so you really do have to care for yourself love yourself take care of yourself remember who you really are which is a divine being inside there this is all just a lark this is a temporary thing we're going through kids so you know just remember that remember yeah. that you are as good as anyone else in this world because we're all the same thing and if you do that you can approach anyone you can say anything to anyone you can be proud of who you are i like that treat people as equals don't stop putting exactly. people on pedestals yeah. you can respect or love their energy or what they do but sure just walk up yeah. to them like they're the same and they are <laughs> Sometimes the most basic advice you can give somebody, they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. They go, that's right. Somewhere deep inside, they remember that. Even the last class, I said something like, oh, I just don't love myself enough. And you said, you need to. Yeah. She she preaches this to me a lot. Yeah, I do. And, and I preach it to everybody yeah. who I think is having a tough time with themselves because we're stuck with ourselves, right? It's true. Mm -hmm. You know, it's boy, true. you don't love yourself, you're going to go through life having problems problems, having all kinds of issues and things that, that unnecessary shit. If you know? start focusing on that kind of stuff, it's going to manifest in your life. You start having all these negative thoughts about yourself. It's just going to spiral you down. But if you start picking up little positive thoughts and affirmations, whatever it takes for you whatever to look at yourself takes. differently. Meditation yeah. is good. You sit for a few minutes and get quiet and it'll change things. It changes things. You, you get up out of that five or 10 minutes and it's, it's different. What is something you have accepted, you know, as being a young wild woman what is something now you've kind of accepted and you've learned as you know as you get older and more experienced stuff you used to put a lot of pressure on and maybe you're just like you know what things you could tell your younger self i had insecurities as a young woman you know i know i i look back i thought wow i'm too flat chested i don't have enough waistline i oh, i'm breaking out you know, i worried about crap that is just i realize now of course you know i was pretty cute <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. I didn't believe it. So it's all about self-belief. Believe, believe, believe in yourself. You're as good as the next guy. You're, think of yourself as an angel. Mm. And, and treat people the way you want to treat someone you admire and revere. you got to treat yourself that way. Absolutely. Okay, so this is our rapid fire section. It is how did you approach or get the attention of Rockstar Edition? <laughs> Jim Morrison. Okay. He lived next door to a good friend of mine. I was taking a certain drug called Primar. It was a strange drug that you inhaled and <laughs> I got uh, loose enough. I was only 18 years old to go down the stairs and see who was playing the new Doors record, but I didn't know it was him. And uh, I peeked in the door and it was, it was him. Oh, um, my God. Oh. 
I was stoned enough to walk through the door and do a backbend on his run. So <laughs> I had just, I had just learned how to do a backbend and I wanted to show it off. <laughs> and I had a tiny little dress on and he said, get it on. He oh said, God, that's so sexy. Oh my God. I don't know if many of us could pull that off, but that's fucking awesome. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> I met him. That's so amazing. That is so sexy. That's, I love that, that is so, so much. All right. Okay. Mick Jagger. Well, he approached me. See, we're, we're, we're getting into these time frames where I was already in the GTOs and I was renowned because mm-hmm. we're, all, we're all girl group making a record and living with Zappa and all those things. So Mercy and I went to see the Flying Burrito Brothers, our favorite band together. And Keith Richards was Grand Parsons' best friend. So this was a tiny little club. There were literally 20 people there and all the stones came in. And oh. I remember what I had on. I had a long black velvet dress on, the same one I wore with Jimmy Page to see Elvis. He he walked up to the dance floor and said, Mercy, who's your beautiful friend? (laughs) That's how I dragged her. That is amazing. And we went back to the house with him where they were staying and uh, finally got my fling with Nick. Oh my God. For the final rock star. Jimmy Page. Uh, He came after me also. I was at a club, (laughs) the experience, a really wild, wicked club, watching Bo Diddley and his roadie, who's still a very dear friend of mine, Richard Cole, uh, handed me a note and said, Jimmy Page wants you to meet him in room six, whatever it was. And I didn't go. I didn't go because he, his <laughs> reputation preceded him. He scared me a little bit, even though he looked like a cherub. I heard he was very naughty. And uh, mm. <laughs> oh, then he got a hold of my phone number somehow, called me, tried to talk me into meeting with him. I finally went to see him play. And of course, that's all it took. <laughs> oh, these stories are just, they're so special and just incredible. Thank you for sharing all these juicy little things. <laughs> and to all of our keepers who haven't and are more interested in these stories read i'm with the band yeah read all my books so you can find me on instagram and facebook on class thursdays come to class on thursdays that way you can join the international dolls be sure to go to facebook or instagram and look up pamela day bar that way you can find any of her writing classes or seriously you guys read her books they will take you to places you have never been before and if you read her book let it bleed your girl brie has been published in there you can read one of her writings very sexy stuff Thank you, Pamela, for joining us today. And make sure you check out our podcast, Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Want to be featured on the show? Email us. Feedback at keepingitcasualpodcast.com. Want to win cool stuff? Just rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to get into our monthly giveaways. Last Wednesday of every month. And for more specialty podcasts and bonus content, join us on patreon.com slash keeping it casual podcast. Show you're a keeper on Facebook. You can like the page and join our group. Tweet at us at KIC pod or Instagram at keeping it casual podcast. You can find me anywhere at MJ Radio Diva. And I'm everywhere at Bremixed. B-R-E-E-M-I-X-E-D. And for your one-stop shop, keepingitcasualpodcast.com. Bye. Bye.